102.5 The Bone app and listen to the Drew Garabo Live featured cut every afternoon from 2 to 6. It's Drew Garabo Live. We now return to the Mike Keltis Show on 102.5 The Bone. show jay moore will be here jay moore's yeah tracy morgan likes to call him What's your name on jay moore's it is now time to check in with galvin ESA's news and now news with galvin on the mike calter show what do we have in news today, Galvin? Today's news brought to you by Pelt Shoes. Pelt Shoes specializes in style and comfort for all shoe brands and sizes, even hard-to-find fits. They've got the half sizes. They've got the wide. They've got the narrow. Uh, six locations throughout Tampa Bay. Peltshoes.com. Today's top story, how many scientists does it take to convince the world to make climate change, to take climate change seriously? Uh, more than 11,000 researchers from around the world on Tuesday issued a grim warning of the, quote, untold suffering that will be caused by climate change if humanity doesn't change its ways. How many, how many scientists? Over 11,000 researchers from because, around the world. Because I'm confused, because ha- half the ones I see are like, yeah, of course, climate change. And the other half, like, no, it's cyclical. It yeah. comes around and goes. Yeah, that's the problem. Uh, the group said that as scientists, they have uh, the, quote, moral obligation to tell it like it is. Phoebe Bernard, one of the uh, lead authors of the report and the chief science and policy officer of the Con- Conservation Biology Institute, a nonprofit science group, told CNN the report makes it clear, quote, there's no more wiggle room for policymakers. If uh, it's not the first time thousands of academics united to urge people to take action on climate change, more than 16,000 scientists from 184 countries published a letter in 2017 warning that human beings and the natural world are on a collision course. The latest report was published in a bioscience, a peer-reviewed scientific journal. The scientists who uh, come from over 150 countries said climate crisis is closely linked to extent- excessive consumption of wealthy lifestyle. But they also uh, aren't taking into consideration that it's the rest of the world. India is not uh, stepping up and places like that. China also, they don't yeah. abide by the same... Right, know. so we can do whatever we want over here, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to do any good in the world. Yeah. Yeah, but and it's saying... And then we get blamed for everything. But it's saying wealthy lifestyle, which, you know, more points it Sure, everybody, yeah. but it's not just it's not just that. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's a disregard for, uh, you know, the, the cause of fossil fuels and the other things that are, uh, you know, contributing to the deterioration of the ozone layer. But the, but we get blamed for everything, and we're and we're the ones saying, okay, well, okay, we're gonna fix ourselves. Well, if nobody else does it, we're still screwed. Do you feel like you do anything? Do you know that you do anything to help? I feel just the opposite. I yeah. feel like I'm doing more to hurt. Yeah, yeah. I drive a a car that you know takes twelve twelve miles a gallon. Um, you know, I'm not I am not your, but I'm also not a non-believer. I just don't know. 
I just don't really know what the truth is. If you if you got half saying yes, it should be obvious. The other half saying no, stupid. It's cyclical. I I don't know who to believe. In the morning when I brush my teeth, I put my toothpaste uh, on my t- uh, uh, toothbrush. I put a little bit of water, and then I turn the water off, and I brush my teeth, and I look in the mirror, and I go, yeah. you did it. You're a good person. Just one to grow on. You're yeah. a good person. So great. So person. I also do it in the dark. So, so uh, you're you're <laughs> saving water is what yeah. you're doing. Yes. I don't know. See, I do the opposite. Sometimes I'll go into my into my bathroom and I because I like hot water in the morning and it takes a little bit to get the hot water going. So I'll just turn it on. And I just leave it and I just stare at the How water. How else are you in hot water? Yeah. I just uh, waste it. Uh, you know whose birthday it is today? Today's birthday. Uh, no, I don't. Monica. Oh. Oh yeah. Goodbye. How Facebook. old? Monica is 104 years old. No, for real, in real life, I think Monica is 47 years old. 52 years old. She just turned 50. Nope. 39. 54. No way. No way. You think she'd be taller. Right. I mean, for 54 years, you thought there'd be some sort of spurt. Yeah. Monica, she 54. Was, she was married once. I do. I know her husband. Oh, I didn't know that. I found that out recently. You did? You didn't know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. I met her when she was married. It's so, because we, I don't know how it got brought up in conversation. But she was like, oh, yeah. And then I used to be married. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. You used to be married a whole life ago. Yeah. I, I knew them. Also, happy birthday to Joel Ramos, my best friend. Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, we touched on this story the other day. Carmen actually knows this guy, a Lyft driver who picked up a uh, St. Petersburg man's nine-month-old Rottweiler puppy is telling police he didn't know the puppy had run away from a nearby home. Didn't that seem obvious? That the puppy ran away? Yeah. And the guy puppies. scooped it up because he was like, well, either this is somebody's dog right. or... I mean, I saw it coming on the news yesterday like they were looking for a missing child. Yeah. I mean, it's a puppy, so you figure it's not supposed to be out running around. If it's a regular dog, you may think, okay, well, somebody just lets the dog out and it goes back to the house. Even then, you probably would stop and, you know, try and help the dog. I don't know. Uh, Jason Gell is the guy that uh, Carmen knows is agonizing over his missing puppy named Mahi. Now he knows a little more about how he vanished. The Lyft driver told police he picked up the wandering dog because he thought it was lost. Next to the owner's home, a doorbell camera caught the rideshare driver coaxing the puppy into his SUV. He tells St. Petersburg police he noticed the dog was dirty, so he tried to move him to the back hatch, but then he escaped. Uh, Gell is now offering a $1,000 reward for anyone who can bring back his puppy. A worker at Jason's house left the gate open, allowing Mahi to escape. As for the Lyft driver, police tell us, say that there's uh, no charges. They're not going to charge him with anything. Yeah, I don't think that he should be charged, but it sucks that the guy don't have his dog. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, so the puppy got out. This guy tried to help, tried to move in the back. Then it got away again and who knows where it is but that's the thing about a puppy somebody finds a puppy they're like hey free puppy whereas you find a dog you're more likely to probably return it but a puppy you're yeah. like oh, okay this i can I keep want. this yeah chip your puppies it seems weird oh, though that the dog got out through the hatch like i don't know the story kind of adds up of where the dog might be like yo the hatch opened i tried to move into the back seat seems kind of suspicious say, you say fake fish that's what i'm saying yeah oh boy possibly could be but a 9 month old puppy man those things can get away yeah, <laughs> you know what i mean I especially guess. a dirty one that you don't want to hug and it's a rottweiler so 9 months is fairly big you know that's it's funny. not like it's a little tiny puppy so who Spanish, knows? what kind of dog is this this is the exact dog that i want dave osterberg from fox 13 has a picture of him oh it's a lab it's a big lab mm-hmm. it's a white lab mm-hmm. that's a beautiful dog yeah 
That's what I want, a big, dumb lab. Yeah. I've always liked oh. the Weimariners. Weimariners, very active. Are they really? Oh, yeah, very no, active. I don't like that. Uh, the uh, short hair, like yellow or white lab or chocolate lab, yeah, they're beautiful dogs, yeah. and they don't sh- shed much. And My buddy got a beagle puppy when we were in college uh-huh. at, up in Tallahassee, and we went to visit him, and he had a house party, and he left to go with his girlfriend somewhere, and he put us in charge of watching the puppy, and the puppy got away, and we never found him. That's, That's a bad dog owner is what that is. Dude, I have never felt so... T- we were wasted, and when he got home and we had to tell him that we lost puppy it sobered me up instantly i felt horrible how about this uh my buddy dj went to st leo with me and he had a snake it wasn't a very big snake and he had it in a fish tank and he was like can you watch this over thanksgiving break and i was like sure so i brought it home my mother's like you're not bringing it out of the house so i put it outside in the backyard oh, oh yeah but i put it under uh there was a barbecue and i put it under the barbecue so that it would be like shaded uh-huh. and uh it was november so I didn't think it was a big deal. Shaded nice and cool for the yeah. snake, the cold blooded. No, creature. but it wouldn't be it wouldn't get directly uh beaten down with it. Well anyway, it did. It got Do you um, know snakes love direct sunlight? Like that's no, I know, but the, the thing is it killed it. The direct sunlight oh, really? fried the snake. Oh, oh the direct wow. sunlight did? Fried it. So when you took it out, it was just stiff. Like, uh, it was gross, and I had, a, I had to tell DJ I killed the snake, and then I didn't know what to do with it. My father was like, give it to me, and he took it, and he threw it in the backyard. I go, you can't just leave it there. He goes, it'll be gone in a half hour. I go, oh, and he's right. A bird came out. Yeah. I thought you were going to say we fired up the barbecue and forgot the snake was underneath, yeah, and we cooked yeah. it. And we ate snakes. Yeah, mm, tasty. Sounds good. A uh, federal judge sentenced a former Pasco County assistant school principal to 35 years in prison on Tuesday, capping a horrifying child sexual exploitation case that also ensnared a school transportation manager, Kyle Dale Reitzman. uh, He's uh, He's up there on uh, Bone TV. uh, We have the picture, I believe. Was also sentenced to a lifetime of uh, supervision following his release and must undergo sex offender treatment in the U.S. uh, District Judge Mary Scriven ruled he uh, admitted in pl- plea agreement to sexually abusing and possessing pornographic images of one teenage boy, but federal prosecutors believe he victimized others. His penalty came shortly after it was revealed in court that he suffers from HIV oh. and, has made, and may have exposed others to the infection. Oh, wow. Jeez, man. Oof. Oof. Oh, wowee. You know, there's a lot of great people that do a lot of great stuff for kids, teachers, and principals, and all that stuff. But they're also, we know that that's what pedophiles do. They get jobs around children. So you always have to be aware of what's going on. So I was in the the dentist yesterday Mm -hmm. with my son, the orthodontist, and there was a guy in there who just didn't understand that you don't always have to talk on speakerphone. No. But anyway, he caught my attention because he was uh, loud, but he was also putting on a uh, Cub Master's uniform for Boy Scouts, like a Scoutmaster. Uh-huh. And he had his uh, little Cub Scout there with him. And I was like, Joe, look, Boy Scouts. And Joey just looked at me and goes, no, definitely not. And I was like, mm, too cool. And then I thought, I would love to do that. I would love to go and volunteer and uh, work with the Boy Scouts. And then I thought, nah, forget about it. Because it's just never never going to work out for me. Right, yeah. Never going to work out. Because not that you're going to do anything. No. You, but you can All definitely. All I need is one guy to make an accusation. Not only that, you'll definitely say the wrong thing. Kid <laughs> will go home and be like, Mom, what's a BH? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to work oh, no. out. 
Uh, listen to this. A new study found that criminals can easily hack into smart homes by uh, shining a laser through your window and onto your Google Home or Amazon Echo device. The microphones in the devices are uh, what make it possible. I have a clip of a guy explaining uh, exactly how this works. So if you have a Alexa, Google Home, right. any of that stuff, and it's near a window where they can shine a laser, listen to what they can do. Listen to this. Inside each microphone, there is a small plate called the diaphragm. When sound hits the diaphragm, it moves, resulting in electrical signals. Instead of sound, an attacker can encode commands via the intensity of a laser light beam. By shining a laser light through the window at the microphone, an attacker can remotely cause the diaphragm to move. This results in electrical signals representing the attacker's commands. The attacker can control smart home switches, make online purchases, open smart garage doors, remotely unlock and start certain vehicles, or open smart locks by brute forcing the user's PIN number. So it could order stuff. This is a Motion's Eleven stuff. It could open your garage door or your front door if you have it on one of those locks oh. like that. It could start your car and open the doors. If you have that, you know, link to your stuff or you have it on your, you know, phone app or whatever through Alexa or Google Home, it could do all that stuff That's just insane. with a laser. That's scary, man. Yeah. This is like the first wave of stuff of people having. They're all, everything connected. And this is where it starts with the hackers. Well, it's funny because they come up with these ideas and they're like, hey, this is going to make life easier. Uh, okay, we didn't think about how bad people are going to be able to uh, hack into this right? and do stuff. Yeah. Uh, I saw a commercial for one of those um, locks on your door. That you that you can unlock with your phone, yeah, and it was like you just push the button and then it'll lock open. And I go, oh, that's just asking for trouble, right? That's, yeah, somebody's got the key to that. Somebody figures that out. Somebody, thing. yeah, clones something, right? Does something, yeah. Do you remember the story about the how the guy hacked into the uh, casino in Vegas with no. a Bluetooth fish tank? That's how he got into the their security system was through hacked. They a had fish a they yeah, had a it was fish like tank a smart fish tank, and he put his Bluetooth the little thumb drive in there, hacked the whole system. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, There is a 32-year-old guy named Bryce Williams from Louisiana. He was arrested on Sunday around midnight after he showed up at a bar on an electric shopping cart from Walmart. When cops confronted him, he admitted he had stolen the shopping cart from Walmart about a half a mile away. He was drunk, and he was afraid that he was going to get a DUI if he drove his own car, so he figured it'd be better to steal the cart and drive that. Well, it wasn't better. He was charged with unauthorized use of a movable uh, vehicle. The the crime is a felony and has a maximum sentence of $5,000 fine and two years in prison. A first offense of driving while intoxicated is a misdemeanor and has a maximum sentence of up to $1,000 fine and six months in prison. Wow. I thought it'd be better if I just stole this and drove it here. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, you know, there are Ubers. You can get an Uber or you walk. I mean, it was only half a mile away. Uh. A uh, 911 supervisor in Coral Springs, Florida, has been fired after she didn't log a shooting because she was distracted while she was watching Netflix. Oh, my God. Oh, you got to admit, there's a lot of good stuff on 911, hold on a second. Oh. I got to watch this part. Oh. She didn't uh, say she didn't take the call. She just didn't log it. Well, investigators later realized that the call had been logged by dispatchers as a suspicious incident when it should have gotten priority shooting. About 34 minutes went between uh, the time the woman first called 911 and when it was dispatched to officers. So the woman, somebody shot through her back window. The bullet landed in her lap. She calls 911. They don't do anything. She calls back 16 minutes later. Still nothing. Then she calls back four minutes later and says, I'm just driving to you. Oh, man. 
Yeah. And what she, was the woman watching? Is what I want to know. Is she so into that Paul Rudd show? Well, it said not only Netflix, but there is also uh, online shopping and a bunch of different stuff open. So she, while she's doing the work uh, at nine one one, she's online looking at. Uh, different shopping sites right. and, yeah, watching movies and stuff. Good for her. Yeah, priorities. <laughs> Not too smart. Today, every day is a national something day. Do you know what today is? Yesterday was candy day. Ooh. What is today? I would imagine yesterday was candy day because it's a couple of days after Halloween. So a couple of days after candy day. It has nothing to do with candy, but I will tell you, it does have to do with somebody who called in yesterday. Probably would have been good for them to call in today because today is... Medicine Man, it's no, Aluminum Day. No. Um, bleed Singer Day. No. Am I close? Yes. Who called in yesterday? Ronnie, Ronnie D. D. Oh, Big, Big Band Day. It's jazz. Close. Uh, saxophone. Ah, National Saxophone yeah. Day. Nice. Uh, today is the day to honor the uh, uh, Adolf Sax, the mm. man who uh, actually created the uh, saxophone. shouldn't use that name anymore. <laughs> uh, I have a bunch of different saxophone solos. See how many you can name. Okay, go ahead. I'm going to go through them. Do you want me to go and kind of stop as yeah, we please. go? All right, so here's the first one. George Michael's Careless Whisper. Yes. Ram, whatever. All right, next one. Who can it be now? Uh, men uh, down under. What are the name of that? Uh, Colin Hay. Mm. Men who stare men at work. Men at work. Mm. There you go. Uh, you can just do the song. Uh, John Caffney and the Beaver Brown Band on the dark side. Very nice. Oh, I go back to the last one. All right, hold on. David Bowie. I can't remember the song, but I say Bowie. Young Americans. Young yes, Americans. it is Bowie. Uh, next one is, here we go. Who's Ooh, that? I don't know that one. Yeah. I don't know. No? That is old time rock and roll. Oh, uh, bad part. Yeah, bad part. Uh, here's the next one. Oh. Right, uh, that is um, Baker Street. Yes. Gary Rafferty. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one. That's a big man. Uh, a Bruce Springsteen? Yes. Uh, What's the name of that? His baby. Born to run. Born, born to run. I didn't, it, it took me a second to realize <laughs> if that was born to run. Next one. Urgent. Yes. Yeah. Urgent. Here's the uh, next one. Pink Floyd. Uh, something. Yeah, what is it? Uh... Money. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And final one. Oh, that's uh, Walk on the Wild Side. You got them all. Very nice. Happy saxophone day, everybody. <laughs> uh, Pringles just announced that they are selling turducken chips for Thanksgiving this year. Gross. Those are turkey, duck, and chicken-flavored chips. And when you stack them on top of each other, you have turducken. If you're mm. interested, you can go to kelloggstore.com. I, I couldn't be less interested. I, I believe. Is that uh, Don Jr. on the phone now? Early. Oh, hey. Don, how are you, buddy? I real. Hey, man, how's it going? It's uh, it's great to talk, boy. You must be busy as hell, huh? 
yeah, man, it's a it's a bit of a zoo. It's a bit of a zoo. It's good though. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. joined us on the show once again. Boy, I, I you know I saw you on some interviews yesterday. I saw you on the CBS uh, interview where they asked you in the morning. I don't know how they expected you to come up with the answer to this, but I, I wanted to just tell you to see if you knew how they were asking you how the, to fix this country because it's so divided, like you were going to give them the answer. But uh, I, I didn't realize exactly how divided we are until I announced that we were having you on the show and people <laughs> lost their goddamn minds. Well, you know, th- that happens. And they asked about it. And I was like, listen, I, you know, it, it could start with the media. They could take some of Trump victories and not take a guy like al-Baghdadi, mm-hmm. the leader of ISIS, a terrorist that's you know, doused people in gasoline and lit them on fire, raped women and children, and I mean, and, and make him into an austere religious scholar, according to uh, the, uh, the Washington, Washington Post. Post. That was, that was it, insane. It could maybe start with that. You know, they, it could maybe start with that until those guys basically stop trying to diminish any success of Trump, amplify anything that they don't like. You know, I'd love to see some unity. How about sign the USMCA? Maybe Nancy Pelosi has been sitting on her desk for nine months. But she that won't. A be, great if, deal. if she signed uh, it, then that's a NAFTA. that's a victory for for Trump if she signed it. So she'd rather let it sit there. But nobody wants to call her out on that. Yeah, well, because it, it, you know the media's job is to defend the Democrats, not to call them out when they're doing something wrong. Now that would be a victory for Trump, but it's also great hundreds of thousands of jobs for Americans. It renegotiates NAFTA, which was the worst trade deal ever signed, has done nothing but send U.S. jobs abroad, uh, you know, destroyed uh, businesses and factories and the American dream for so many people. But, like, she would rather not give Trump the win than do something good for her constituents and the American people. But, you know, so that's the environment in which we're living. That's something that would pass total bipartisan support. We already know the numbers. It would it would be you know could be done in thirty seconds. Yeah. But she's been sitting on it for nine months because she wants to focus on you know the continuation of the Russia hoax, which is the impeachment inquiry. That, that now you bring up the Russia hoax. The Russia hoax, man. There were people saying a couple of years ago, "Oh, this is it. This is the end for him. He's done." There were all these crazy stories about uh, peeing and and hookers and all this stuff, and then uh, and yeah. deals and uh, it was ridiculous. And nothing came true. None of that came out. Now, but, you know, that didn't stop them from running with it for three years as though it was gospel. You know what I mean? That that is fact. Uh, but then, you know, any, anything that's good. Oh, we well, like we, we can't verify that. We can't verify that. And that's why I wrote the book, guys, because I, I was the number two target of that hoax. I mean, oh, yeah, I had half of Congress sitting out there saying I committed treason. I mean, I took an unsolicited, uh, you know, phone call that led to a 20 minute meeting. Now, Hillary Clinton and the DNC spent millions. OK, they paid foreign agents, paid them foreign agents to go collect this dirt. They leak it to the FBI. The FBI gives it to the press. The press writes a story based on nonsense. The FBI uses the nonsense story of the information that they leak to the press. They use those stories to then justify the investigation. They take America on this thing for three years. Every media outlet peddles it like it's true. Right. Uh, you know, why would we, why would anyone trust anyone in the media these days? You know, and then they cover up you know, they cover up rapists like Jeffrey Epstein and this nonsense that you saw yesterday for three years. They kill those stories, you know, covering. I mean, explain that to me. These people explain that to me. And is this something that that somebody in the White House could say, hey, look, we're we're being the wool is being pulled over our eyes. You want we have the world's most renowned uh, forensic pathologist coming out and saying this guy was murdered and none of the other stuff falls in line with this. Well, How are we letting I, this go? talking about. I'm more talking about the sort of the catch and kill allegations that came out against NBC. And then you had the stuff that came out against CBS with Matt Lauer and all those stories magically disappear. I mean, 
You'd think that these people would actually want to hold those guys accountable, but but they don't because they're all part of it. And yet Trump, anything that they do, that's all. Well, that's gospel. You, I'm talking about the double standard in the media. You know, I'm not talking about that case. That's just one of many examples. And right. so, you know, these are the people that are filtering what the average American is seeing. And so I got to spend a lot of time. I mean, there's only so much I can do on Twitter in 140 characters or less, uh, you know, maybe two, 280 now. Yeah. But, uh, you know, to be able to have 300 pages to really give my thoughts on this, you know, having been sort of, you know, having a front row seat in political history during the campaign, then being, you know, persecuted by these people where they're literally trying to throw you in jail for treason for three years uh, for nonsense, uh, you know, afterwards, there's no accountability. There's no, hey, well, yeah, we got that wrong. They're just like, oh, next. Yeah. This impeachment inquiry is BS. This thing started on November 9th, 2016. The second my father did the unthinkable, he took on the establishment and won. Neither side likes it, okay? This, that we can agree. And this has just been going on. It's been going on forever. The American people see the results of his administration. We finally have a businessman making the decisions that are the right thing for the country rather than some career politician who hasn't been right in decades and never been held accountable and keeps making decisions that are terrible that our kids and grandkids are going to get stuck with forever, Mike. This is uh, Donald Trump Jr. on the phone. His book is called Triggered. It came out yesterday. Did you sit down uh, w- with your family before this? Like, did your dad realize he, you know, he knew he had to drain the swamp? He knew he had. Did he ever imagine it would be this difficult to gain any to gain any uh, respect from the media or for anybody? To, I mean, it's it seems like no matter what good he does. They're always harping on the bed and trying to find, trying to chase ghosts and find things that aren't there. Did he have any idea it would be this bad before the election? Because it seems to me this job isn't worth it to him. Uh, well, yeah. well, listen, I, it's funny. I, I spent a good bit of time, you know, going through the details of that in the book, and I'll tell you, like, the sort of the, the quick of it. The last thing he said to us on uh, June 16, twenty fifteen, when he's we're going down in the elevator as a family. Uh, to make the announcement, he, he looks at me, he looks me in the eyes and says, now we find out who our real friends are. And that tells me two things. A, he understands how the real world works. But B, he knew how vicious, how brutal, how terrible it would be. And he did it anyway. You yeah. know, he, he knew it would be, he knew all the people that were buddies with him. All of a sudden they turned because pop culture and the nonsense, you know what I mean? He and- knew all of that because he'd have to do what was right for the country. And that's going to piss off a lot of people. Uh, who've gotten very accustomed to do, getting away with whatever they want for not being held accountable, and you, you do he's doing it. You see it in the results, Mike. The one, economic numbers speak for themselves. One of the things that people throw in my face all the time when I defend you is that uh, with the whole Hunter Biden situation is that they go, well, look at the Trump kids. The Trump kids benefit from being uh, the president's kid. And uh, the truth is is that you guys have not you've not started any new business since your father took office. Correct. This is what we literally did. The difference between me and Hunter Biden, because yeah, I get it, man. I, I'm the son of a rich guy. I've benefited from that. Never, I've never hit from that in my life. You know, in a, in a two minute soundbite, they're like, "Well, you didn't put that disclaimer." I go, "Well, I was on a four minute interview. I didn't, you know." Th- but to get into the details of it, the difference between me and Hunter Biden is we gave up doing any new international business the second my father won the election. We could have legally, but we didn't want even the notion of impropriety. So. We were international business people, Mike, for decades. That's what we did. That was a big part of what I did. So we stopped doing any new deals while he's in office. Hunter Biden was never an international businessman. Hunter Biden became an international businessman the second his father had some power. He went with him on Air Force Two, came back from China with $1.5 billion. That doesn't happen. 
He got a no-show job on the board of a Ukrainian oil company. He doesn't know anything about oil, and he doesn't speak Ukrainian. Why was he on the board? <laughs> why, did, why, did he, why did he get offered, other than obviously his dad was sort of put in charge of the region? Why did he get offered that job, Mike? Yeah, there's a certain... Saying, oh, well, you guys are the same. I was like, no, no, no. The difference is we've never profited from my father's taxpayer-funded office. Hunter Biden's entire career is that. Okay, he got a job at MBNA, the largest bank in the state of Delaware, where dad was a senator and writing favorable tax legislation. He got promoted through the ranks faster than anyone. It was obviously because he was brilliant. Yeah. You think the media would have a problem if I did that? You think the media would have a problem if I got thrown out of the Navy in two weeks for blowing coke? You think that's your problem? Or you, think, you think they'd give me a pass on that one like they did Hunter Biden? Give me a break. I, by the way, Mike, I would get on a TV and debate Hunter Biden face-to-face on the differences between us uh, and our businesses, and all of those things, any day of the week. And all Hunter Biden had to do was one softball interview, and now he's gone again. No, no, no. And by the way, you saw the interview. Yeah. And don't forget, these guys prepped for weeks for that interview, and that's the interview he gave. I mean, he sat there prepping for this thing because no, you can't justify it. There is no justifying it other than the media will do whatever they can to protect the Democrats, okay? It's... Uh- garbage well listen i the book is called triggered and if you uh if you want to hear some of the response and you want to hear things in his words i would pick it up don jr is a smart guy he's but now we've known we've known you've been on the show since before the election before your father really seriously considered oh, yeah. running and one of the things i said to you was I, I mean this is a kid who was telling me that he flew coach here and i'm right. like coach you nobody told you your dad was rich Go ahead <laughs> to first. like you're a level-headed guy i also found out uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, that you, uh, my my uncle Billy, Billy Grutter, did that name sound familiar to you? He 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 did some work with you. He he. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, wow, that's great. Anyway, uh, the book is called Trigger. Why do you, why do you think celebrities are, are among the most triggered people? You know, because they can get away with it. I mean, again, most of them. You'd, you'd be amazed. It's sort of interesting. Uh, you know, uh, we we went to the UFC this weekend, right? And we come out to MSG, right, the heart of New York City, not right. exactly Trump country, but. And it was cheers. Dana White looks at me and he goes, man, that was the most amazing, you know, entrance I've ever seen. Just energetic. And within seconds, I go to my brother. I go, watch, watch the media. They're going to turn that into booze. They're going to, they're going to, he goes, no way. They can't do it. And, and within seconds, you know, blew, the BBC, I promise you, the BBC wasn't at the UFC fight. Trump booed. It was such nonsense. Yeah, there was yeah, a lot of people that wrote that. Dana, and- even later on. And Dana goes, Man, you know, I, I saw that because of the craziness. He's like, you know how many of my celebrity friends emailed me saying, man, I wish I could publicly support Trump, but I'd get destroyed, you know, whether it's, you know, my, my movie has, my theater, my producer, whatever it is. So yeah. there is this thing, but because the left controls that pop culture and the Hollywood thing, and the second if you diverge from them even a little bit, they'll destroy you, they'll ruin you, they'll own you, and that's it. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of tacit support that's just not going to come out. Uh, because, you know, hey, hey it, it's it's all about the money. You saw that with the NBA last week, right? Yeah, uh, listen, let me, this is Donald Trump Jr. joining us. What, 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 I have a quick question for you. What happens with guys, like, I, you were saying that your father uh, has a hard time finding anybody he can trust right now, and I, and I, and I think it's because guys like, say, Scaramucci, they come in there and they, oh, now they're in the inner, inner circle, and then they realize, okay, He's not He's not the guy we thought he was. They get rid of him, and then all of a sudden they all get bitter, and they start running their mouths. There's no loyalty left anymore. Yeah, or, or they go back to New York City, and it's easier to be a Trump hater than it is to be a Trump lover in New York City, you know, and you're raising a fund in New York City and doing these kind of things. So listen, don't, don't kid yourself. You know, there, there's so few people I've seen in this process, very few people whose motives are pure in this, in this deal. I'd say probably one of the only ones is my father, because guess what? Mike, he didn't need this job. No. Okay, if there's one person that didn't need this job, it's Trump. 
Uh, you know, like he, like he said to us, now we find out who our real friends are. He knew it would be vicious. He knew it would be brutal, but he did it anyway because he's sick and tired of the nonsense. If you looked at, like, my old pin tweet on Twitter was him on Oprah, literally in 1986, talking about bad trade policies and how it's insane. Like, he's been really consistent throughout this time. He decided to do it anyway because someone eventually has to step up. Someone has to be the big boy in the room. Someone has to do the right things. Even if that's going to take off a couple people, that's exactly what he did. And that's what I got into in the book and a lot because, again, I can say a lot more in 300 pages than I can in 280 yeah. characters or less. Who will be the uh, Democratic uh, candidate to run against your father? Honestly, I mean, I'm looking at the policies. I'm looking at the things that they're coming up with. I mean, you know, the last debate, you see they spoke more about trying to cut off Trump from a Twitter feed than they did about China. They didn't even mention China <laughs> as a possible issue for this country. I mean, these are not serious candidates. But, you know, again, that they, it will still be a tough fight because, again, you'll have media, you'll have pop culture, you'll have, uh, you know, that filter. And uh, we're going to be in an uphill battle no matter what. It will never be fair or equal. So, uh, you know, that will continue on forever. But, you know, I'm not worried about whoever it is. You, you don't you don't care if it's Elizabeth Warren or if it's if it's if you had to pick between Warren and Biden, who do you think is going to make the cut? Honestly, man, it, it feels like, listen, her policies are asinine. Uh, they're crazy. <laughs> you saw this fifty three trillion dollar plan the other day. I mean, it, you know, it's yeah. only, you know, 90 percent of the U, U.S. government revenue annualized over 10 years. No big deal. Uh, but, you know, Joe Biden, 50 percent of the time, he doesn't remember what state he's in. I mean, he can't. <laughs> He spoke to a group of people the other day. I mean, it was a group of 20, and he needed teleprompters because they're just so afraid. You know, that works now. Yeah. Uh, his, his campaign can hide him uh, from the public. They can prevent him from doing public events. They can talk to you, prevent him from being impromptu. But if you need a teleprompter to speak to 20 people for 10 minutes, uh, you got yeah. bigger problems because when you go one on one with Trump, it's going to be a whole different world. And it, I wouldn't want to be Joe. It also will be the best television ever. There's, there hasn't been a better moment than when your father said to Clinton, uh, or you'd be in jail. It was one of the most memorable yeah. moments on television. Donald Trump Jr., his book is called Triggered. Go pick it up. Uh, whether you uh, love his father or not, this kid's a smart kid. He's going to be a politician himself one day. And, uh, you know, uh, give him a chance to tell his side of the story. It's always good to catch up with you. You're always welcome on the show, buddy. Thank you, man. Appreciate that, it. Good talking to you. There you go. Now, he wasn't supposed to call until 8.05, so I didn't know yeah. how long we had with him, so I, that's why I just cut it off. But don't uh, all you people, uh, there, there's two people on hold that don't agree with Trump, want to talk to Trump. You're not talking to him. I got 15 minutes with him. I'm not sharing him with you. Email him. Send him a tweeter. Talk to him. You can you can talk to him. Bill, you can talk. You can tweet at Donald Trump Jr. It's easy to find. Bill. All right. Oh. Yes, go ahead, Bill. Uh, good morning, Mike. I just have a couple of comments about Don Jr. coming on. Um, the first thing you asked him about was the divisiveness and how he approaches that. And the first thing he did was go straight into the rhetoric and the party line and start attacking Democrats. So that was the first thing out of his mouth. Um, you mentioned Pelosi not passing a bill. The Democrats have sent so many bills over to the Senate, and they are just languishing. And it's out of spite. They're not all good, granted. There's some trash in there. But you got to admit, that's, that's that's happens on, that happens on both sides they both are neither Absolutely. one and it that does, hurts us it does happen on both sides and it that hurts, hurts us. both sides yeah it hurts both sides but you know but, what you know, you're you're when you're on one side or the other and i and i would imagine if we had uh pelosi on today she'd say the same thing about them and we'd say yeah you're right it's 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 nonsense because while you babies are fighting we're the ones that suffer over it there's no question about that. Yeah. I definitely agree with you. But, you know, Don Jr. went right to the party line. Well, I mean, you let's, know, let's, he, let's, listen. let's not pull any punches. You know, he, he is who he is. I, I have to tell you, and I've said this, Galvin will back me up on this. I've said this since day one. 
I voted for Trump because I there's no way in the world I would vote for Hillary Clinton. I believe that she was a, an absolute. And I criminal. understand that. Right, right. But hold and on. I let me just tell you. That. Let me just tell you. So. And then I, I kind of, and then he did some stuff on Twitter, and I was like, maybe he's crazy. I don't know. Maybe he's lost his right. goddamn mind. And then people started complaining and saying things about him that were weak arguments. And I said, and how many times did I say the phrase, I'm finding myself defending him more because people's arguments are incorrect than I am really because I love him so much. And and I believe, well, yeah, go ahead. Let me say this. Um, I understand you voting for Trump. I understand everybody voting for Trump. I no longer understand you supporting Trump or anyone supporting Trump at this point. Read his book, Art of the Deal. I- I'm a Republican. I have been since right. Reagan. I am. I don't support Trump. What is that it that? Makes me what is it that you? What? No, no. But what, listen, you can vote for a guy and then he not meet your expectations. What? What Absolutely. is it? What is it now? And I'm not saying you're wrong, and I'm not interested in fighting with you. I'm curious. What is it now? That you are so that you cannot support him anymore. What has he done? He's he's the most he is the most prolific documented liar in the history of Earth. Fact. But that we all. Is, but uh, most uh, politicians in our lifetime have been liars. We've learned that you can't play the whataboutism like that. That's Russian propaganda. Whataboutism is a Russian propaganda, and, and his people are touting that right down the line. That's Russian propaganda. The whataboutism. Look that up. Okay. Thank you. Don't make me do research. If you want to tell me about something, <laughs> tell me about something. I, I, I am not surprised when any politician lies. Any of them. They've all lied to us at one point or another. And I think some of them are evil, and I think some of them, it uh, things are different than they thought they were going to be. I happen to uh, like Barack Obama. I think his intentions were good. And I think some of the things that he uh, lied about may have been because he thought he could do things that he found out once he got in he couldn't get done. And I believe that happens on both the party sides. I, look, I'm not going to spend the whole morning defending trump his son just wrote a 300 page book about it if you want to go you can read it and you can argue with it and you can tweet at him but i um and i'm telling you right now i will put trump on i'll put eric trump on i will certainly put ivanka trump on if she wants to sit in my lap and do the interview uh, i will put nancy pelosi on i will put uh shift on i will put i i'm, I'm a guy who's interested in talking to uh, newsmakers and that gentleman is, in fact, a newsmaker. Galvin, back to news. Back Sorry to news. for the interruption. That's all right. Uh, Four Locos' new hard seltzer comes out today. Yeah. How is Four Locos still a thing? I thought oh. everybody was getting sick over that. And no, all. listen to this. Yeah, they okay. were, but. Their hard seltzer is 12% alcohol by volume. Yes. Which means it has around two and a half times more alcohol than par- popular brands like White Claw or Truly. They're only releasing one flavor today. It's Black Cherry. We have a picture of the can. But more different flavors are coming soon. If, uh, Joe, you want to scroll through there, I think they have like a lemon lime and some sort of fruit yeah. punch thing. I or like the there. citrus flavors personally. The Black Cherry always leaves like, that weird sugary taste in your mouth. But yeah. I'm, I'm all for Four Locos hard sales. This is way better. Than- 12% alco- yeah. alcohol by volume. Get so- more drunk, drink less. Yes, please. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but that's the problem. That's not, people don't do that. People drink the same amount and just right. get drunker. Hey, that's their and problem, then, all right? I'm I'm excited oh, for me. But these are going to get banned again. I, like the last ones. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not... I like to get a little bit of... Mm, did I just oh, get buzzed off uh-huh. of that? Mm, well, that'll do it. I'm going to a hockey game. I'm drinking straight beer. <laughs> uh, Tom, good morning. You're on the Mike Calder Show. Hey, good morning, Mike. Hi, Tom. Hey, I really enjoyed your uh, your talk there with Donald Trump Jr. I'm only mad at him about one thing, and and that's because you know Kimberly Guilfoyle left the left the five because of him. I know. Dating, and 
don't get to look at her legs anymore. So how come you didn't ask about her on the interview? I don't know. Because first of all, it was hard to get a, a word in edgewise. And the guys <laughs> He's promoting. a talker. Yeah. Uh, and second of all, because I didn't want to go, hey, Gilfoyle shaved down there. Like, I didn't want to be uh, really rude and ask questions. But I, I happen to be very attracted to her as well. Although I find that more of my friends, even the Republicans, they don't like her. Yeah, it's because they're scared of her. Oh, I don't know. My, my Republican I mean, friends are like, yeah, I like him. I don't like her. And I'm like, I love her. I th- I think she's so super sexy. Yeah, and, and outspoken. And, I mean, she is the woman. I mean, she's a, the American woman. I mean, exactly what we would invite. Who would you take, Kim Guilfoyle or Dana Lash? I'm not who, sure who Dana Lash is. Dana Lash is a radio oh, yeah. host. She hosts a Dana show, but she's also uh, the NRA spokeswoman. She's super Republican, and she's smoking hot. Go Google it, sir, and then thank me later. Have you seen her? Yeah. Yeah, I love her. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. On Monday, Facebook announced it would be rebranding its corporate logo. Have you seen this? The it's, new- a, it's an F. What are we doing now? No, 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 because the way the Facebook has written it, it's now uh, going to be all caps. So it's going to be Facebook. Okay. Oh, right <laughs> in your face. Yeah, you, it's all lower I case. wonder how much money and what team of people sat around for months going, we need to change the corporate logo, do some testing on it. Right. And then they came back and their answer was all capital letters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Genius. Have, have you seen the be- meme? I don't know how true this is. It says the guy that comes up with names for Disney and Pixar movies and stuff like that, he gets a salary of over like 600000 and he got a $300,000 bonus for coming up with cars. <laughs> Just calling a car? Yeah. Genius. Yeah, exactly. What yeah. about uh, Toy Story 2? Yeah. yeah. What? <laughs> I think I would be good with that if you show me a movie and I go, I go airplanes. <laughs> uh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's amazing what people pay for like their creative teams. What's the, Oh, that was from um, uh, Silicon Valley where they would kind of come up with a logo and they're like, came up with a lowercase letter. And like, everybody's got lowercase, Facebook, Instagram. Pied so Piper, man. Everything was uh, I something in the beginning, uh, I technology, then tech. Mm-hmm. And now it's small cap, and now it's all caps. Now everybody's going to follow. Yeah, all caps. And everybody's app is just one letter on the front. Yep. Uh, there is a big celebrity auction going live on eBay tomorrow to benefit Homes for Our Troops, a you charity go- that uh, builds homes for our troops. You could buy a celebrity? Well, items up for bid will include an Omega watch from George Clooney's personal collection. Ooh. Yeah, uh, lunch with Brian Cranston. Ooh. Or lunch- I bet that would be enjoyable. Or lunch with NBA legend Dominic Wil- Wilkins. Nope. Uh, guitars autographed by Willie Nelson or John Bon Jovi. Uh-huh. Uh, medical scrubs autographed by the entire cast of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> the spacesuit that Ryan Reynolds wore in life. What? Uh, a walk on part in Ben Stiller's new TV project. Uh, set visits to Judd Apatow's next movie or the HBO series Succession. Ooh, yeah. I would do that. Uh, meet and greet with Jake Gyllenhaal, along with tickets to see him in Sunday in the Park with George in London. Uh, VIP tickets to the premiere of Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, 100% of the proceeds will go to Homes for Our Troops. That's so pretty nice. That'll yeah. be on eBay, so if you want to check out any of that stuff. So I went to um, the event for Chad Cronister last Friday, mm-hmm. and they had a silent, well, they had an auction there. It wasn't silent. And uh, they were auctioning off a trip for you and your friends to go on a fishing boat, heat one Chad's fishing boat. Okay. Uh, and go out there. And I was like, let's buy this. I looked at my wife. I go, let's, let's buy this. So I go, how much can I go? She's like, I don't know, $50. I was like, how about 5000 She's like, all right. Then I got the 5000 like two seconds. The guy was like, 5000 I went mm-hmm. like, So then I got, I got um, 
10,000 clearance. I was like, 10,000, 10,000. Because think about it. You're allowed to bring your friends. It'll be a nice one. I think it went for like $17,000. Oof. Yeah, I'm out. So good luck bidding on one of these things. Buy a boat for $17,000. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Former NFL player and former Buccaneer Kellen Winslow Jr. pleaded guilty Monday to raping an unconscious teen in 2003 and to sexual battery involving a 54-year-old hitchhiker in a deal that spared him the possibility of life in prison. Winslow initially hesitated and seemed to agonize over his decision, saying, quote, I'm sorry, I'm just thinking very clear. I, I'm just not thinking very clearly, Winslow told the judge at one point. He asked the judge for more time before he finally entered the guilty pleas, moments before he was about to be retired on six felonies, including kidnapping, sodomy, forced oral copulation, and two charges of forcible rape in San Diego. Uh, He could have uh, been sent to prison for life if he was convicted. In exchange for his plea, the court agreed to sentence him to between uh, 12 and 18 years in prison for the two charges and dismiss the others. Wow. Yeah. That's a rough deal, but it goes, what do you do if they tell you, listen, you could get, you could get life in prison. Right. Or you could go to the jury and get, you know, you could take the deal for seven years, or we can go to the jury and get life. Well, he's guilty, so it's not like he's an innocent man that's going, well, I work out the best right, deal. But even if, you, even if you're guilty, but if you feel like, you know, you have to, I mean, you have to prove this stuff. Proof. Yeah. I think they had a lot of proof. <laughs> I think they had a lot of proof. Like well, because had, wasn't there, like, video of him outside an apartment building? Yeah, I believe so. With oh. him, like, wrestling with one of the, like, uh, not one of the victims that he monster. got charged with. But, but I think your best route to go on that is CTE. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. You know? Good yeah, luck. but they don't have enough, like, medical-wise to u- probably use that. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, he seems, uh, yeah, it's so weird whenever somebody who's in a big prominent thing like that, the NFL makes it to the NFL and then does stuff like this. You're like, that's weird. Yeah. Well, you know, that those people are mentally ill, not, yeah. not, in, a, not in a defensive way. I mean, they, the, if, you're, if you're capable of doing that to another human being, you're mentally ill. Uh, Colin Farrell is in talks to play the Penguin. Oh. In the Batman, which will star uh, Robert Pattinson, and uh, Andy Serkis is in line to play Alfred the Butler. Oh really? no! Yeah, they're doing it all wrong. Yeah, yeah. I don't Andy know. Andy Serkis should be Penguin. Andy Serkis is not a is not a Alfred. Yeah, he's becoming an actor, though. I mean, he was doing all the oh, he's been yeah. a lot of acting stuff, stuff yeah. but he's not an Alfred. Mm. Yeah, oh, I don't like that because who, Robert. Pattinson. Pattinson is Batman, right? Yeah, and Liam, yeah. Liam Neeson is Alfred. And then according to yeah. rumors being uh, spread around the web about the Batman, director uh, Matt Reeves may be casting who for Harvey Dent? Who would be a good Harvey, Harvey Dent, Dent is Two-Face. Two-Face. Right. Harvey Dent was Aaron Eckhart before, and it was uh, Tommy, uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Face before that. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't really matter. We just talked about this guy yesterday. He, oh, uh, Meatloaf. Nope. Join Instagram when he turned 50. <laughs> Matthew oh, McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey is two faces. faces. All yeah. right, all right, all right. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's the rumors going around, so we'll see what happens. Uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier. A second installment of Live in Front of a Studio audience is coming in December. The first time they did an episode of All in the Family and the Jeffersons. This time it'll be All in the Family and Good Times. We already cast it. It's already done. Yeah. And, and when does that do? That is going to be coming out in uh, December. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, may I just say, though, uh, that Good Times may be one of the best themes ever. Oh, yeah.
Oh, this is not the original. This is a remake. In fact, I don't even want to do that now. Yeah. The the who do you know who sang the original one? All right. I'm trying <laughs> to think. What was it? Walona? Didn't she sing on it? No, but I want to say it was somebody. It was somebody that. Uh, oh man, forget it. Uh, I can find it on YouTube real quick. If yeah, I mean, I don't know. Is it worth it anymore? Let's see. Good times. Who sang it? It was good. It was just a. Every time I put in good times, Spotify Led Zeppelin comes up. Mm. No good. Good times. San Francisco is the best instrumental. San Francisco is the best instrumental, and uh, good times and the Jeffersons are the two best theme songs, I think. Uh, by the way, people said that they were upset that uh, Night Court wasn't on the uh, saxophone <laughs> thing on there. Let's see. Uh, Good Times theme song was uh, composed by Dave Grusin with lyrics by uh, Alan and Marilyn Bergman. It was performed by Jim Gilstrap and Motown singer Blinky Williams. Oh, Blinky. They, see, I needed to hear that. I needed to hear that there was a Blinky Williams involved. Blinky Williams. In order for it to be good. Backed up by a gospel choir. Yeah. No, I, Blinky Williams is a guy who probably made uh, the Good Times theme what what we know it as. played that at the exact same time oh really yeah we, we were, were both, both playing yeah because i stopped mine what uh like 10 seconds in. i was like is he playing it oh that's so funny oh <laughs> uh, it <that> was weird <laughs> uh let's see what else we have oh dan reynolds from imagine dragons was out trick-or-treating with his kids in las vegas when they saw a three-man garage band jamming so he stopped by and actually sang radioactive uh. <laughs> with them while he was holding his kid with them we have some uh, video up on bone tv this is pretty cool check this out He's there in the black hoodie holding his head. I'm breaking in, shaping up, then checking out on the Christmas. This isn't the apocalypse. That's hilarious. You know those guys got to be freaking out. They're just jamming. You know, people coming by for Halloween and stuff, and they're getting out candy. And, hey, here, listen to our band. Meanwhile, a guy from Imagine Dragons comes and, hey, mind if I sing with you guys? I'd be like, no, please, please don't, sir. Please (laughs) don't sing with us. They sounded good. There's a couple of videos like this I've seen on the internet. One's a guy from an English uh, 80s band that I didn't know. There's a street musician playing, and he goes by walking the dog, and he watches it. And the street musician recognized him. He's like, are you thinking? He's like, yeah. So he sang with him, and that was pretty good. There's a bunch of different ones because there's like a uh, YouTube video that has a bunch of different ones. I know Seal did a thing where he went out and started singing with a guy. There's an awful one with Steven Tyler where he messes up the lyrics. <laughs> uh, they're the best one I've ever seen, I think, is fake. 
The best one I've ever seen is Lenny Kravitz in Lenny New Orleans. Kravitz, yeah. And then Lenny Kravitz in New Orleans, and he hears a bunch of kids playing his music. And then he's like, wow, look at that. And he runs down there, and he jams with the band. And there's like, you know, 50 kids. In the, and they're just sitting in a park playing Lenny Kravitz. Yeah. Like, it just seems real contrived. But if it was real, it's pretty badass. Oh, I saw a different one where he was on the street, and they were playing, and he got on drums and stuff. Yeah, playing. yeah, yeah. That's the one. He, oh, he starts off, one? he's in his hotel room. Oh, maybe I didn't see the beginning and of it. And he runs down there like, oh, I'm surprised. And the next thing you know, he's jamming with them, and he's yeah. singing and all that. I, I mean, it's cool to watch, but it's not real. <laughs> uh, Sharon Stone is suing rapper Chanel West Coast what? for using her name repeatedly in a track called Sharon Stone. Sharon says that she's trying to capitalize on her, quote, extraordinary level of popularity and fame. She also says that the uh, she maintains strict control over how her name and likeness are used. In the song, Chanel uh, repeats the name Sharon Stone 33 times and the name Sharon 99 times. Here is just a little bit of this masterpiece. Yeah, I'd like to hear this yeah. song. Sharon, Sharon Stone, Sharon, Sharon, Sharon Stone, Sharon, Sharon, Sharon Stone, Sharon. Too. I would uh, that's pretty. Sure. That's pretty dumb. But I would just say, like, no, I'm saying I'm sharing stones. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, but Michelle Pfeiffer and seeing all those rappers that threw her in a song. Michelle oh, yeah. Pfeiffer one year was like in everybody's rap song. Yeah. And then, do you know who that girl is? That Chanel West Coast. No. Do you remember uh, Rob Deirdrick, the uh, Fun Factory thing, whatever? No. She was. The, she's the receptionist. No. Yeah. Well, she's the one that's on his ridiculousness. She's uh-huh. the one that sits right. on the couch with the DJ. Is she the one that sings? Sharon, 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 I believe. Stone. Sharon, Sharon, yeah. Stone, Sharon, 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 Stone. I mean, she's cute, and she was on MTV shows, so she tried to, and she uh. rapped on there a little bit, trying to make a career out of it. I don't know. She made her? Well, no, she was a rapper, yeah. like, beforehand. Like, she d- she's d- done a couple songs okay. with other people, but nothing big. Like, she she's looks not like a good. fat Fergie. Yeah. Yeah. Sharon, I wouldn't would say fat. Sharon, no. That song I is I like that song, though. <laughs> um, Woof. Yeah, can I just tell you something? You're my Chick Fil A. Yeah. Uh, finally, news: A new survey asked people to name their uh, three favorite Thanksgiving main courses and three favorite side dishes. There's only one main course. Yeah. Thanksgiving. On, What's that? Turkey. Turkey. turkey? Don't tell me about ham. Yeah. We make no, a ham too for no. the people who want to eat turkey, yep. but it's turkey, ham, and roast beef. I can't stop. No. Oh, no? That's turkey, not the top three. Turkey, ham. Roast beef is four. Turkey, turkey ham. Pizza. No, what? Uh, prime rib. Chicken. Oh. oh. Yeah. Uh, turkey, obviously, 84% said turkey. Uh, 56% ham, 32% chicken. Coming in number fourth is, fourth is beef. Then lamb. Ooh. Then duck. Then duck. fish. Yeah. Then 3% tofu. Oh, get out of here. Uh, what about the popular side dishes? Potatoes. Oh, cranberries. What kind of potatoes? I would say mashed. Sweet potatoes. Or smashed. Cranberry sauce comes in at number four. Yeah. Mashed I'll, potatoes I'll some cranberries comes yeah. in at number two. Sweet potatoes or yams come in at number three. So what's number one? Come on. Uh, stuffing. Stuffing. Yeah, yeah, stuffing. Or dressing, as some people call it. Uh, breads or rolls. Uh, green bean casserole. <laughs> Geo. Are we going to do our Thanksgiving dinner No, again? it's been ro- ruined from the cheater. Yeah. Plus, we won't be here. We're off that week. Yeah. No, but we did it the week before, remember? Nope. Okay. Uh, Carmen, mac and cheese. <laughs> uh, number eight is corn. Number nine, salad. Number 10, you going to eat that cornbread? <laughs> <laughs> number 11, fruit salad. Uh, number 12, we got a tie, folks. 
Oh, my God. Squash, Brussels sprouts, oh. and collard greens. That's what I'm talking I about. Think, I think I brought that back. What? Thanks to Eddie V's, I went home and started Brussels making my sprouts? own Brussels sprouts, Dude, and everybody yeah. loved them. Yeah. Mixed vegetables, uh, mm. glazed carrots, which I did the other day. Ooh. Yeah. So those are all some good stuff. For, glazed uh, carrots are very underrated. Yeah. I, I'm not a fan of carrots. I love carrots, oh, I love and carrots. you put some glaze on them. Oh, so Too good. Too no, 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 no. All you have to do, you know what, how you make those? You just put honey on them and bake them? Olive oil. You do olive oil, and then honey, and then a little salt and pepper. Do you uh, like? Do you just pour it on the carrots, or do you roll the carrots in that? You roll it, put it in, in a, yeah, sauce. put it like a big bowl and do it there, like yeah, that. yeah, awesome. like they do wings. I walked in the other day, and my daughter was eating a head of uh, cauliflower. Uh huh. Not a head, but like a big branch. Yeah. Uh-huh. She was sitting down, and she had it with two branch. hands. She was biting into it like an apple, and it looked like a brain. And I walked in, I looked at it, and I go, "Yep, it's about what yep, I expected." That's right. yep. There you go. Oh, oh you by go. the way. I normally look at the clock when I talk and I say hor- horrific things, mm-hmm. but I had guests in the studio, so I didn't notice. And both my children were in the car when I was talking to, uh, I think it was Monique or Dee Snyder one that day about the kids. Mm-hmm. And my wife goes, well, you were talking about Joey and how when he was born, he was your favorite and you loved him so much. Oh. And she goes, and he smiled and looked at Juliana like, ha ha. And she goes, and then you said, but now you love Juliana more. And she goes, and his face just went, mm. And she goes, and if that wasn't bad enough, you followed up by calling him an idiot. <laughs> and said he had B.O. Yeah. I was like, wow. Uh, okay. Time to, time to buy him a PlayStation. Uh, that is it for news. That's all you have? That's My all God. Well, do you have an open letter? I do. What Ooh. is it about? Give me a little hint. The open letter is about uh, a person that we've all dealt with before. Oh. Uh, uh, probably on a daily basis, you see someone like this and you go, oh, what are you doing? Did you do another one to me again? No, no. <laughs> this one is not to you. All right. Well, it may be about you. You want to find out a brand new open letter from Gal is coming up next. It's the Mike Kelta Show on 102.5 The Bone. Now, another traffic update. Brought to you by Adventel. They're still mopping up a wreck southbound on the Sun Coast Parkway, south of State Road 52. That crash is in the clearing stages. My God, it's been there since about 6 o'clock this morning. No longer worried about a wreck. 275 southbound at Hillsborough Avenue, but it did have an effect on traffic east and westbound Hillsborough Avenue at the interstate and in Pinellas County. Delays with a crash eastbound Olmerton Road past 40th Street. Life's a journey, but along the way, Advent Health is here for all of your health care needs, from emergencies to primary and specialized care. Visit yourcarriernetwork.com for a location near you. That's Waze Traffic from the Safe Touch Security Traffic Center.